Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time you are tuning in. Welcome to Homesteading and Gardening in the Suburbs. I'm Emma from Misfit Gardening and today I want to talk about seed saving because this is a time of year where things are really starting to come in and be harvested for lots of fruit and veggies from the garden. But it's also a really great time to harvest not just what you're going to eat, but some seeds too. August and the beginning of fall are probably the busiest time of year for us on the homestead. I'm using the canner a lot, like a lot, to preserve things like tomatoes. Like I prefer to do my tomato preserving in the form of sauce or passata, aka strained tomatoes. Um, I'm blanching and freezing things like green beans and turnips, carrots, I'm making pickles. I'm fermenting the last of the tender cabbage into sauerkraut and I'm making peaches in syrup when they are available. I'm also patiently waiting for the pears and apples to come in. I'm going to be making a big batch of dirty pear sauce that my family adores and my granny's spice preserved pears and when those apples come in oh I can't wait I can't wait for apple pie like those northern spy apples like I'm probably going to be buying a crazy amount of those because I love them so much and I have really really missed them throughout the rest of the season so it's definitely something I'm looking forward to and I'm very fortunate to live somewhere where apple orchards and things are really just around the corner there's there's not too far that I have to go but also that I've got enough space to be really thinking about the addition of fruit and various other trees that are going to be coming onto the homestead now that the barns come down there's a lot more space and there's a lot more light so there's some um, exciting things that are going to be coming up um, definitely in the next couple of years for the homestead so that's going to be pretty cool for me to to be working on throughout winter um, but just to make things even busier on our homestead we threw in having a handmade holiday into the mix too so that is basically where all the gifts that we will be giving will be handmade by us so that might be things like soap or quilts or um oven mitts or pot holders right um there might be chopping boards cheese and charcuterie boards um crocheted throw or blankets maybe crocheted hats and scarves or yes dear husband socks i know you've asked me for socks and a sweater for the last five years that we've been married and hopefully with a bit of planning this might be the year that part of that request happens it might be a sock but it's still a sock um so anyway it is a busy time on the homestead and this is often actually when i tend to try and take pto or vacation um to try and get things done like cleaning or working on a secret gift for my husband seed saving isn't usually the first thing that comes to mind at this time of year but it is the perfect time to start saving seeds and i truly think this is a a gardening skill many of us have lost but it's really an easy one that we can learn again especially if we just start with focusing on saving the seed from our gardens to grow next year like we do if we're beginning to make a land race garden and then later as we're a lot more comfortable with the seed saving process and what we need to do to save seed we can start to make things a little more complicated and start trying to maintain varieties like maintaining our favorite heirloom seeds for example don't get me wrong i 
I really think heirlooms are important. I grow a lot of them. Like I've got 600 different varieties of seeds and 90% of those or more are heirloom varieties. Um, I grow a lot of them and I also support organizations that are working to preserve heirloom seeds. It's a very emotional subject. But as a practical gardener and a homesteader, it is really important to have a garden that grows reliably and produces food to feed my family. And I know that you want to feed your family. And that, my friend, is why I garden in a way that is self-sufficient and I focus on having that land-raised garden. And if you're new to the podcast, this might be a term that you're not familiar with check out some of my other episodes about land race gardening and seed saving to learn a little bit more and you'll find out what that really means and a little bit more about how I grow my garden. But right now on my homestead I'm starting to save seeds from ripe tomatoes, melons, winter squash and watermelons. If they are ripe enough for you to eat you can save the seed from these plants just by scooping out the seeds and spreading them to dry on paper towels coffee filters paper plates anything like that you just want to spread out the seeds across the surface and let them air dry just make sure to write on the paper towel or something close by what it is in the date before you uh, smush it with all the wet seeds particularly things like melons and tomatoes which are pretty watery um, i'm still finding things like cherry tomato seeds and my really big amish paste tomato seeds on um, sheets of paper towels from like four or five years ago when i looked through my seed stash i put things that are dry in um, glass jars um, and working on kind of just adding seed packets in you know glass jars to try and keep the rats off them um, so i decided not to combine everything for my seeds um for growing out even though i'm growing with this you know sort of more holistic type of garden um i actually do want to keep things a little separate in the varieties because i want to start looking more at growing out a bigger number of some of these heirloom varieties and I, I know I talked previously, like when I grow up, I want to be a seed saving farmer. Um, and that's still the case. So even though um, I, I do love to grow with my land race type of garden, um, I definitely do a lot of seed saving and particularly with some of the heirlooms that I've got, they're quite rare. So I want to be able to have more of those seeds available to grow them out later so i like to put things into glass jars once everything's fully dry it keeps the water out it keeps the air out and very importantly because of where i live and the old house that i have it keeps the rodents out so um you know that's that's the good thing but even just putting these seeds onto paper towels and letting them dry they still grow and they they do it without all the fuss of fermenting them to remove the gelatinous stuff that surrounds the seeds and I, you know i know like fermenting seeds you know particularly these types of seeds like tomatoes and stuff i know it can be complicated and it can be really easy to forget about them and ruin them so the seeds don't grow anymore 
don't ask me how I know this. It's because I've made that mistake. I've made that mistake for you, so you don't have to. Um, I do make, um, I do ferment seeds now, but if I'm in a rush, which is often the case, like I'm busy, you're busy, we're all busy. Um, but if I'm in a rush and needing to do things quickly, because let's say I'm trying to prep three bushels of tomatoes for canning, then the paper towel method is what I use to keep track of certain varieties. So let's take the big Amish paste tomatoes, for example. Those seeds I saved from a plant that was producing these massive Amish paste tomatoes. They were way bigger than any of the other plants, like the Amish paste tomato plants that I was growing. Maybe it was the soil that it was in, I don't know, um, or maybe it was just that particular strain. Either way, I saved seeds from the plant that had these big paste tomatoes and I saved them from the biggest fruits um, to grow again so the idea is that these seeds will hopefully produce these big fruits again these big Amish paste tomato fruits um, to then you know grow on next year so why am I saving the big fruits well honestly it is less tomatoes I have to gather for the weight and it is less chopping to do to start preserving do you know how tedious it is to be chopping small tomatoes over and over and over again because you're trying to can a bunch of stuff having big tomatoes you just get a big knife and chop 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 into the saucepan it goes and it's way quicker than having to deal with small individual tomatoes um so that that's just a personal preference for for me um you might save a tomato that has a certain color or shape perhaps it might be a plant of a certain variety so let's let's do an example let's say that you have some madison county pink tomatoes growing you love the rosy pink fruits and you love the low acid flavor but you have one plant that is growing better than the others maybe it isn't as badly affected by blight as the other plants or maybe it is growing more tomato fruits than the others. You want to be scooping out the seeds from a few fruits from that plant that is growing better than the others so that the plants that you grow next year show some of those traits that you were saving it for, like the better resistance to blight or the higher yield or better productivity. Some plants need to grow longer on the plant for them to be at the seed staving stage. So peppers, eggplant, beans, peas, corn, cucumbers, and summer squashes like zucchini and patty pans fall into this kind of category. For them to be good for seed saving, they are usually way past their best for eating. Usually. Um, so let's talk about overgrown cucumbers. They go like from, you know, nice green kind of colors to kind of this yellowy brown streaky kind of color. Um, and if you find a cucumber that is super huge and starting to go that color, um, you know, maybe that you missed picking it to eat because it was hiding behind a bunch of leaves. Um, it happens. Um, but don't look at it like, oh, I missed it for eating. Look at it as, yay, now you have some seeds to save. You don't need to be buying cucumber seeds for next season. That one fruit is going to give you a lot of cucumber seeds. Um, so same with summer squashes. If you discover a monster, also known as a way overgrown fruit on the plant, you might think about leaving it on there to grow more and a bit more, and maybe a bit more, um, so that you can harvest the seeds from it a little later in the season. Um, certainly for a zucchini, if you're growing a green zucchini, they get 
to be like the size of your leg they become what i would call a marrow in the uk and they'll end up kind of turning you know to like a yellowy color as well and they're perfect for seed saving and you can scoop out all of those seeds spread them onto some paper towels or paper plates or whatever write down what it is and you've got seeds for the next year and they they will grow um and that's that's the wonderful thing that you know you've grown something from such a tiny tiny little seed you've seen it all the way through to harvest and you've harvested seeds again and you're able to do this process over and over and over again and not needing to buy any new seeds doing it so that's kind of the neat thing about seed saving is you know you're really going to be having plenty of seeds to be able to be growing things for many many years to to come um all from you know a couple of plants that you saved seed from so that's pretty pretty cool um let's talk about um other squashes so i have um patty pan squashes and they're one of our favorites actually if we could only grow one um summer squash it would actually be patty pans rather than zucchini um and i have a patty pan squash that i have tried growing for probably like i don't know seven seven years now i think and i've not had much success until this year here in maine was where i finally finally had success with this variety of patty pan um i got new seed about three years ago so not that new um but it finally grew and i sowed out all of my seed that i had for this plant i sowed it all um because it was old and i was like well i'll just try it and if it doesn't grow it doesn't grow well it grew well one plant grew and it grew very very well um it has produced a couple of fruits off it already that we have enjoyed and now there's one growing and um i should probably mark that fruit um so my helpful husband doesn't accidentally pick it for dinner so um pie pans are a huge favorite here we absolutely love eating them um so what i'm going to be doing is tying some ribbon just above the fruit on the stem so hopefully he remembers not to pick the big one um and that that one is going to be for a seed saving so it's just an easy way to mark it out you can also get um oh i think it's called engineering tape or something um it's kind of stretchy it comes in different super bright colors and you can write on it too so i can write on it Stu, don't pick this um so <laughs> he remembers um but equally you know pe some people use bits of yarn or wool or um ribbons and stuff to mark things off just just so you remember like hey i'm intentionally wanting this one to get bigger and save the seeds from it let's talk about beans and peas next um because those are perfect for seed saving when the pods turn tan or brown and they go they dry out they feel crispy um if you're growing soup beans or peas or drying beans or peas then that's kind of when you would harvest them anyway at that stage but if you were growing them for kind of fresh eating like snap beans for example um then you would want to leave them on the vine a lot longer so that they dry out um i have lots and lots of bean seeds i actually have 
probably yeah it's a half gallon jar of um drying bean seeds all mixed together that i've been saving for the last few years out in utah so i don't really need to buy any pole bean seeds except that none of the beans i was saving in utah have, very, have grown very well here in maine none of them have grown to a stage where they have produced beans so that means that the garden plan is going to have to have some changes and maybe have some regional favorites added for a 2023's garden to grow alongside my saved seeds to see if i can get at least a good you know a harvest to eat from um and then we can look to saving seed from the beans and peas sometimes things don't grow well in a garden and that's okay um, luckily my neighbor had a bumper crop of beans which meant that you know we've really been trading our potatoes for beans <laughs> for the last little while um, which has been great because I, I love beans and I really rely on beans um, as somebody who doesn't eat meat that's exactly where my protein comes from is, is from beans um, so having you know the ability to kind of trade things with neighbors who have been you know successful in some things but not in others that's been um, a really good way to you know foster a relationship with our neighbors um, as well as trading food between us which is kind of fun let's talk about peppers and eggplants uh, next because both of them need their fruits on the plant a long time past their eating and harvest prime peppers might go to a reddish brown color and look kind of wrinkled and sad when they're ready for seed saving um i have had some success in harvesting peppers at their last color change so for a jalapeno that would be when they are red and not green anymore for example um it might be for a yellow bell pepper that you need to save it when it is yellow or maybe it's orange right you are going to want to do a little bit of research and look up the variety that you're growing and see what their last color is and save seeds at that last color change stage eggplant was kind of similar it was kind of brownish black and a little mushy um it was definitely like more kind of brown over the the fruit um and uh, definitely felt kind of softer on the inside um like when you felt the fruits it wasn't firm like it would be when you were picking it to eat it was definitely a little mushy um but the seeds turned out really really great um corn is probably the last one that i'm going to talk about in today's episode to try and keep things a little short today so i can um get along with my canning activities for the weekend um but corn needs the ears to dry out so you want to leave these on the plant as long as you can in the garden and i know i know corn is a favorite for many many a critter um so it's uh it's sometimes a hard decision between pulling up the whole plant or pulling the ears out before you know rodents or other critters get to it i i hear you um but some types of corn like popcorn flint dent and flower corn these are known as field corns um you harvest those when they're dry so you let them dry out in the field typically before you harvest the ears and bring them inside to dry out a bit more and then you have seeds to sow again and that's definitely that's just how my um pastel pearly or pastel i guess depending on where you are pastel i would call it my pastel pearly colored 
glass gem corn so i had this glass gem corn that i grew and sometimes like you get colors that look like very vibrant like stained glass windows in old churches sometimes but the ones that i grew had these beautiful like pastel colors like the the white ones look just like pearls i had like baby you know baby pink and baby blue and they were just really really pretty and um i saved seeds from those and grew them out the next year and they grew all of these beautiful pastel colors again and i saved them again and that's just what i did i let them grow out in the garden and then i waited till they were you know most mostly dry then i harvested them brought them inside and let them dry out now where i was in utah i didn't quite have the rodent issues that i have had moving you know out into rural maine but sweet corn is the same you have to leave it to dry out longer on the plant and then harvest it a little later when it isn't good for eating and then let it dry out more inside um, where the rodents can't get to it though and definitely don't ask me about that either and i'm kind of dreading um coming into winter and the possibility of having a rat in the wall again that would be bad really bad um but you want to be for anything that you're saving seeds from you want things to air dry you want them to be somewhere that's not overly hot and definitely not very humid you want somewhere that is cool and dry for your seeds to properly dry out and then when they're dry um you can put them into containers like i said i really like glass jars you don't have to be purchasing mason jars to do it you can reuse glass jars from you know various food items that you know you've already had maybe you had i don't know some cans of sauce or um a jar of curry sauce that tends to be what we blow through at our house um so i have lots of curry sauce jars just give them a really thorough wash out and dry make sure they're really really dry and then you can save your seeds in there and then label them with what they are um and these are just a few relatively easy seeds to save from your garden and you can definitely find more info online by you know going to your favorite search engine and then typing in how to save seeds from and then type in the name of the plant and there is going to be a lot of blog posts and videos that come up that can help you out and there's also plenty of books too about seed saving um, and i think i have a couple of my favorite seed saving books in the links to this uh, that go with this podcast where you can see the tools that i use um, on my homestead you can check those out and also see what your local library has or can order for you to borrow and i want to see your seed saving in the facebook group so share a picture of the seeds that you are drying out or saving and let me know what it is and what variety you are currently seed saving until next time i hope your garden grows beautifully and i'll see you all next week